Welcome to the podcast of Encounter Ministries, where your past has no future and your hope is reborn. For more information, go to www.godenc.com. Struggle your child has, if you're capable and it's in their best interest, you will do whatever you can to relieve that burden. And it was God, Jesus himself who spoke of God that says, if you then, being of a fallen nature, know how to do good things for your kids, how much more? And so this, this chapter, this verse in Romans, talks about the transformation that is available to you and I. And it's a transformation first on the inside of us. Because one of the Bible truths that we have lost in the church is you can only release what you have. I can't write anybody in this room a million dollar check because I don't have a million bucks. I can't write you a hundred thousand dollar check. I can't write you a ten thousand dollar check. I can take you to Steak and Shake. (laughs) Or Jim's Kitchen, but I... I can give you what I have. And, and as Peter and John went up to the temple and they saw the lame men there, they said, we don't have any silver and gold, but what we do have, we can give you. And so the, the, the secret, if you will, or the process is first getting. And when you get, then you release, because you can only release what you have. And so if you're angry inside, you'll release anger. If you're lustful inside, you'll release lust. But if you have love inside and joy and peace, then then that's what you release. You can only release what you have. And so the first step is getting. And that works perfectly, because God is a God who gives And without a receiver, his gift goes wanting. Her name was Alma. She was an elderly lady and and on very fixed income and strained relationships with family, and she was a widow. And I didn't know any better. I I just knew that she was lonely, and so as her pastor, I would go to see her. and, And we as a church did what we could to help her out, but we didn't have much, and so we couldn't help her station in life very much, and... Every time, Wanda, when I'd go to leave there, she'd go, hold on, Pastor, just a moment. Go over there and get my purse. I'd get her purse and hand it to her, and she'd dig through there, and she'd pull out a dollar. She said, here, you take this. And every time I said, Alma, hon, I don't don't need the dollar, but thank you. That's so kind of you. And she insisted, and back and forth, and I, I won. I didn't take her dollar. And a long time went by, and... One day I, I left and I was walking to my car and Holy Spirit just arrested my heart and he said, you've stopped the blessings from flowing into her life. Because it's blessed, more blessed to give. I never understood that. And I remember saying, God, okay, next week then when I come up, I thought, no, 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 I need, to, I need some humble pie right now. I knocked on the door and she told me to come in and I said, Alma, could, can I have that dollar? And she gave it to me. And it was literally like a light got flipped in her life. I mean, just within days, an agency had found her. I don't know how they found her. 
but they were building brand new assisted living in town and they were looking for people and they found her and they said, we would like for you to move in the assisted living. And she said, I can't afford it. And she said, no, you don't understand. It's all rent paid. And it was just one thing after another in her life. She was blown away. And I kept that from happening because I didn't allow her to give. And, and God wants to give you and I so much more. I'm not talking about riches. I'm talking about the true riches. Joy, peace, the true riches. But, but he first has to get us into a position to receive from him. To transform. Transform means to change. You know, you, some of your kids may have those transformer toys where, where they have the toy and it, right now it's a boat. But they shift a few things and flop out this and move that and all of a sudden it's a, a robot. It's the same toy, it's just that the pieces have been rearranged and now it's totally different. And, and that's what comes to mind when I read this, that, that, that God wants to transform us. You see, I just have this crazy idea, he wants you to be happy. Isn't that a nuts, a, a parent that wants you to be happy? He wants you to have enough. He wants to kiss away your boo-boos. He wants the bad things to go away. He wants them not to affect you anymore. He wants you to be free. Isn't this nuts? He really wants that for you. He wants you to have enough to pay your bills and to be able to give. He wants you to walk through life with confidence, not self-confidence. My confidence is in the Lord. Confidence. He wants you to walk through life healthy. Somebody says, do you believe in divine healing? Absolutely. But even more than that, I believe in divine health. He is a God who wants to heal and he wants to bless you with good things. Any parent who doesn't want their children to have good things oftentimes loses those children. But God wants good things for you. So how does he get it? How does he get it to us? The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 23 that as you think in your heart, think in your heart, think in your heart, not feel in your heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Who do you think you are? Whenever my mom used to say that, it wasn't a good thing. Michael James Rice, you get in here. Did you take that? I never even had to say yes. She just knew. Who do you think you are? Or even the worst, who died and made you boss? Did anybody else hear that but me? Who do you think you are? Who do you say you are? Because who you say you are has an incredible effect on your life. To such a degree that Proverbs 23 and 7 says, as you think in your heart. Now, you may not thought your heart thinks, but the Bible disagrees. Your heart thinks. And the Bible also teaches us that out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. When your heart gets full, it bubbles out of your mouth. 
You hear somebody talking about some subject all the time? It's because that's what's in their heart. There was a preacher a number of years ago. It just seemed like every time I turned him on, he was preaching against adultery and fornication. And finally, I told my wife, I said, I'm not watching anymore because it's soon going to be a train wreck. And she said, what are you saying? And I said, that's all he talks about. Is his heart on nothing else? I agree with everything he says, but there's more than just that one pony to ride. It was maybe a year and a half, and he's found in a hotel room. His heart was full. Whatever's in a person's heart, you spend time with them. It'll come out. They can't keep it down. It just, just bubbles out. Who do you say you are? Because whoever you're saying you are is what you think in your heart you are. And whatever you think in your heart you are, that's what you are. Last week, I know I I, I aggravated some people when I said I'm not a sinner saved by grace. As if that was bragging. I'm not bragging about anything that I've done. I'm bragging about what he's done. He's done in me. And as long as I remain a sinner saved by grace, Jesus said... You will do the sins of your father, and I don't do the sins of that father anymore. Are you with me? I'm now a child of God. I'm an heir with Christ. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. He didn't sin. It's in my nature to to resist sin. Not perfect yet, but getting better. How many can relate to that? And and, and God's working them. But, but, But I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner, and I have been saved by grace. But when that took place, old things passed away, and behold, all things are become new. I became a new creature in Christ, a new creation. So did each and every one of you. So who do you say that you are? We're transformed, it says. Same pieces, same person. Just God rearranges the pieces and it's no longer a boat. It's a robot with scissor hands, you know, and missiles out of its eyeballs and stuff. Same pieces, just rearranged. He's rearranged. He's changed something. What has he changed? Transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. Renew means to make it new again. Are you with me? You, 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 you don't replace, you renew. When God designed you, listen to me for a moment, folks. When God designed you, he did not design you to have some of the feelings you have. He did not design you with some of the attitudes you have. He did not design me with some of these burdens that I carry around. Others have put this on me, and I've believed them. You're stupid. You're worthless. If you were worthwhile, you wouldn't be bullied. If you were worthwhile, this wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have left, or this wouldn't have taken place. And it just goes on and on and on. And if you're not careful, that will become who you are. I'm just an idiot. I'm just stupid. Stupid, I did it again. I'm so stupid. Dad was right. I wouldn't amount to nothing. Who do you say you are? 
I can't help but sin. I'm, I'm just an alcoholic. I'm just addicted to drugs. I've seen people that were alcoholics. I know one guy personally. He, he was an alcoholic for 17 years. I knew him for years in his life, literally. He would fall asleep drunk and put the half-finished beer bottle on his dresser. And when morning comes, he would throw his feet out of the bed, reach over and pick that beer bottle, and that got him between the bedroom to the kitchen where he could start his beer. And, and, and uh, that was his life for years. Some people would say, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. You profess out of your mouth all you want to profess. It's not true. One day he called me and said, listen, can we pray? He said, give me an hour and a half. That's how far away he lived. I'll come pray with you. I drove to his house. We sat down on the couch. We talked for a few minutes. He said, now, if I pray and and give my heart to God, what's going to happen? I said, you're going to become a new person. If you're sincere in your prayers, if you repent of your sins, you you reject and, and acknowledge your failures and give them over to Christ, a new creature will be born today, so new that you're given a new name and glory. He said, let's do this thing. We knelt down at his couch. We prayed. He cried. I cried. We got up, sat down on the couch for a moment. I didn't say a word to him. He got up and walked over to his refrigerator, opened it up, and began to pour all the contents down the sink. Amen. He did not have one moment of withdrawal. It did not take him step. There's one step plan that God has. Deliverance. Deliverance. It's a one-step plan. And he never looked back. This guy used to be so drunk so long, we used to call him Indian because his face was always flushed being drunk. And, but, but that fast, I've seen people that fast. In Toledo, we saw a young man. He was in his late 20s, and he had been hooked on meth. I understand that's some pretty nasty stuff. and He'd been hooked on that for seven years. I mean, I, you saw what he used to look like, and now, I mean, he was just like life was being sucked out of him. But one moment in an altar service, one moment in an altar service, his life changed, and the addiction was gone. He didn't have to fight his way through it. You see, he he got this idea down into his head and into his spirit that that he's not subject to that anymore. He's a new creature in Christ. And so we're transformed when we quit believing the lies that we're believing. The person who said that to you was hurting and flawed, and so they imparted flawed and hurting things into your life. You don't have to accept that. You can accept what your heavenly Father says about you. And when you accept that, He renews. He takes your mind back to the way it was when He designed you. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And He gave you a mind that was had a heartbeat for him and desired goodness and desired joy and peace. But things have gotten infected and things have happened and, and you've done things and things have been done to you and, 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 and you get stinking thinking. How many know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden it's just you don't even know who you are sometimes. 
You ever been like that? You even look at what you've done and you say, who did that? I want us to take just a moment and see how God helps us with this. Transformed how? By the renewing of our mind. Genesis 3, 17 and 18. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed, everybody say cursed, is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Now, we, we see that, and listen to me for a moment. We think that because that what Adam did, and he fell, and, 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 and now he's cursed. He's not cursed by a witch doctor. It's God who said, your sin has brought curse on you. And what the curse does is when you do things, you don't get the result you expect. You expect to plant a garden, and you expect it to grow up, and it be good, and but, but that's not happening now. It's, it's cursed. You, you do something good and it gets shoved in your face. You treat people honorably and you be dishonored. You are kind to people and you get bullied. How many know what I'm talking about? And it, it's cursed. But, but, but God wants us to know that that's been changed. It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to me. When Jesus was, was taken out of the city to be crucified on a hill... The Bible tells us in Matthew, I'm sorry, in John 19:17 that he was crucified in a place called Golgotha. Literally the place of the skull. There's a connection here. The renewing of your mind, the restoring of your mind to new and the connection of Jesus planted on a hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull. Now, it was called the place of the skull because it kind of was shaped like a skull, but that's not coincidental. As Jesus hung on the cross, planted firmly on his head was a crown of, that represented the thorns that that Adam received because of the curse. By the placing of the crown of thorns, God was signifying to you and I that I want to change the way you think. You're not cursed anymore. You're transformed. You see, there are stages that God is trying to lead us through. And my efforts as a pastor are to get you out of stage one to stage two and out of two to stage three because stage one thinks you're cursed. Your life is bad because... You got bad parents. Your life is bad because you made bad mistakes. And so I'm just getting what I deserve. Your life is bad because you're bad. Your life is bad because God doesn't like you. There's a guy who gets up in the morning and, man, the alarm clock didn't go off. He's already late for work. Don't you hate that? I just hate being late. He's rushing through shaving and, man, he cuts himself. He goes, oh, God, why does this stuff happen to me, you know? Why doesn't anybody else have these problems? And, and so now he's, he's rushing, and he gets his shirt on, he goes out to his car, and he's driving to work, and he's rushing, and everybody's in his way, you know? And, and somebody coming in the opposite direction hits a puddle, and water comes in and soaks his shirt. 
And he goes, God, why is this stuff happening to me? He goes home and he changes his shirt, tries to call work. Nobody will pick up and makes it even worse. He gets in his car and he's rushing and he goes too fast around the curve and he slides off the side of the road and he hits a tree and he blows through the windshield and he lands on the hood and he's looking up at the sky. He said, God, why does this stuff happen to me? God says, I don't know. There's just something about you rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> Wouldn't you hate to be that guy? But there isn't that guy. I have news for you. God isn't mad at you. He wants you to repent of sin because that's good for you. But he's not mad at you. He loves you. Your life is not going bad because God is mad at you. Your life is not going bad because somehow God forgot about you. He wants to move you out of being cursed. You're cursed when you do things and you get a result different than what you expect. And if you think you're cursed, you'll talk like you're cursed. I knew that was going to happen. I knew it. I knew it. I just knew it. I knew it was too good to be true. I just knew. I just knew. I just knew it was going to fall apart. You ever ever met people like that? And I'm siding for them. I'm not critical. I'm sad. Because the Bible says that blessing and cursing are right there, resident in this, death and life. Who do you say you are? You're a child of a king. You believe differently. But if you're cursed, if you're a son of Adam, of course the ground is going to curse you. It doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter how good a car you buy. It's always going to turn into junk. It's always going to break down. You're always going to get sick. You're going to lose the job. They're going to depart from you. It's never going to work out. If you think you're cursed because of your sin, you don't understand because of the work of the cross. God will use the sense of alienation of your sin to get you to repent. But all sins have been paid for already. The tragedy is people go to hell not knowing that forgiveness was one heartfelt prayer away. And then you move from being cursed where where you do good but bad things happen into the place of sowing and reaping where you do good and good comes back to you. You sow a little bit, you, you reap a little bit more. You sow a lot more, you reap a lot more. That, that's good. You, you receive the benefit of your work. Cursed is where you do the right thing and bad things happen. Sowing and reaping is when you do the right thing and good things happen. But there's a third level. There's a level of being blessed. That's where you receive the benefit of somebody else's work. You didn't do anything. You just got healed. You didn't do anything. You just got delivered. You didn't do anything. The money just came. Are you with me? You didn't do anything. 
The car just kept going when it should have broke down. The gas should have run out, but you just kept driving and driving and driving, and it just kept going and going and going. You should have had to buy new clothes, but the clothes you have just seem like they won't wear out. You should have traded in that car a long time ago, but you just keep driving it because you're blessed. How many is with me on this? When you walk a life that's blessed, when you, when you live a life that you don't go around bad-mouthing how bad God's been to you, you're a child of God. You expect to be blessed. Now, don't, 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 don't consume that on your, your natural appetites. That's not what I'm, when I'm talking about blessed, the greatest blessing is a relationship with Him unfettered. Joy and peace, that's blessing. But it can do more than that. But we're to first seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness and then all this other stuff is added unto us. We're chasing all the other stuff and wanting the kingdom to follow along. How many know what I'm talking about? Go after the kingdom of God. Go after joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. Go after favor with God. Go after His face. Somebody says... You can't see his face and live. You need to die. And then, and then when, you, when, you, when you get to the place where you're not cursed anymore. You see, somebody here this morning, you got to quit. you got to start being surprised when bad things happen in your life. Somebody this morning, right now, right now where you are, right now, determine in your mind, you're going to get out of that attitude that the next time something bad happens, you don't, well, that's my life. Who are you? Who do you say you are? If you would start to get this attitude like, whoa, really? I can't tell you the number of times my wife and I have bought something. And long after it should have been junked. Long after it should have been kicked to the curb, we still have it. We, 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 we bought a, I'm telling you the truth, we bought a television about six months after we got married. We just donated that television to the church a year ago. I'm telling you the truth. It's still down in the basement. It just keeps going and going. I can't tell you the number of times we've had something and all of a sudden it doesn't work anymore. And if you're not careful, you'll say, well, it lasted a long time. No, that, that, that's cursed. The attitude ought to be, what? We've only had it 18 years. Are you with me? Father, you gave us this. You don't give junk. Go ahead and laugh at me. We, We have a washer and a dryer in our basement that we got. I think it was on our second or third pastor's appreciation day. We've been ministering 27 years. You do the math. And just this week, she said, the, the, the washer's broke. Now, if I'm cursed, I say, well, yeah, we've had the thing for so long. I'm like, you're kidding me. Now, I 
know they don't make parts for that thing anymore. I haven't yet, but I'm going to go home and lay hands on it and pray for it. Why? Because that's what you do when you're blessed. I've got scripture, but we don't have time. But the children of Israel marched to the desert and their clothes never wore out after 40 years. It's because they were blessed. Now, maybe you like spending half your paycheck every other month buying clothes. I don't like to. Colossians 2.14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. All the cursing. The second man, Jesus, the second man, Adam, undid all the failures that the first Adam did. You don't need to walk around cursed anymore. You're not cursed. You're not cursed. You're blessed. Jesus comes up out of the water. God the Father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Immediately, the Spirit of God drove him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The devil shows up and said, if thou be the Son of God. He's not the Son of God. He's the beloved Son of God. Don't you forget that. You're not a child of God. You're a blessed child of God. Not because you're good, but because he's good. You're blessed. And you understand that. And God has tried to get us to change our thinking about, about who we are in Christ. Why was John the Baptist beheaded? That wasn't the way they killed people in those days. They crucified people in those days. That's what the Roman government did. Why was John beheaded? Why was John beheaded? It's even the thieves on Jesus' other side, they were, they were crucified. They, that, that was, that's how they did it then. So why did they do it differently with John? I think God wanted us to understand something. You see, Jesus said this. I'm getting ready to close. Jesus said there's no greater a man that's ever been born of a woman than John. So what did you go out in the desert to see? A reed shaking in the wind? Huh? What was it that drove you out there to see him? A prophet? He was more than a prophet. No greater a man has been born of a woman than John the Baptist. But the least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. The reason why we need to be born again is because the first time we were born of the flesh and the second time we're born of the spirit. And the moment you're born of the Spirit, you're already seated with Christ in heavenly places. You become an inhabitant of the... Are you getting this? 
You're an inhabitant of the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, There is no greater human being that's ever been walking this planet, born of a woman, than John. But we've got to stop that thinking. We've got to cut off that thinking. Because the least in the kingdom. John wasn't in the kingdom. Old Testament. New Testament, Old Covenant, New Covenant, Old Covenant. You work the ground and it's thistles and thorns. New Covenant, I nailed that to the cross. You don't have to live that way anymore. Old Covenant, you're in bondage. Old Covenant, your passions drive you. Old Covenant, you can have ten wives or a hundred wives because I understand you can't control your passions. I understand all that, but in New Covenant, you're a different creature in Christ. An old covenant, you got a stone hold, hard, cold heart. New covenant, I gave you a heart of flesh. And the least in the kingdom of God is greater than this person would ever be. And so when John is waiting for the gallows to come and get him, he sends word by his disciples. Ask him if he really is the Messiah, or should we look for another And Jesus, it used to bother me. He was so nonchalant about this. The guy is about to get his head cut off. You'd think he'd say, get him out of there. And he says this. Go tell John again. The word again is important. Go tell John again. You see the lame walk. The blind see and the deaf hear. thinking's messed up. This is okay. Now, we're not going to cut anybody's head off here today. Turn to the person next to you and say, that's a good word. That's, 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 that's a good word. But God wants to change your thinking. There's times I'd like to have my head cut off. Just to get it to shut up sometimes. You ever been there? But God wants to transform your thinking. He says you've got to be careful not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. But you can't think more of something until you think something. So you can't think more highly until you think highly. You've got to think this. You've got to know this. If you have repented of your sin. And let me tell you something. I'm old school. You just don't start going to church and it just kind of comes on you. Every once in a while, J.J. has a friend over and they sit at our table but doesn't become our kid. Thank God. They're eating at our table. They're living in our house. They're enjoying our company, but that ain't our kid. Are you with me? It doesn't, none of it starts until there's repentance. None of it. Until there comes an acknowledgement that you have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, none of it starts. You can eat at his table. You can sleep under his roof. You can enjoy the blessings of his company. 
but you're not his kid until you make it so. You repent of your sins and you say, God, I'm sorry. I was wrong. You accept Jesus Christ, the work that he did on the cross, as the reason why you're now saved. That then makes you a king's kid. That makes you a child of God. And his kids are not cursed. They're blessed. I didn't say it'd never be hard. But when it's said and done, you come out up on top, not the bottom. You're the head and not the tail. You're the top and not the bottom. You're the blessed and not the cursed. You have an abundance and not a lack. That's the God that we serve. Could you stand your feet this morning? Holy Spirit, have mercy. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. For more information, go to www.godenc.com.